This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. It's Monday, April 17th, and let's talk about the weather forecast. The Northwest has been cooler than normal for April and for March, for that matter. And I'm afraid this pattern will continue in the upcoming week. A vigorous Pacific front is now making landfall on the Washington coast, and rain will be extensive this afternoon in the west, moving from the coast to the interior to the mountains, and even a little bit eastern Washington. And I expect snow at higher elevations above 4,000 feet. Another wet system, not quite as strong, will come in on Tuesday, and both Monday and Tuesday will only bring highs of around 50s in the west, which is a startling 8 to 9 degrees Fahrenheit below normal. By the way, with this cool weather, our snowpack right now in the mountains is, is a bit more than normal. The big issue, the reason for all this, is a persistent large cold trough of low pressure over the Northeast Pacific. And this feature is not going anywhere. It should be in place at least for the next three days. But I have some good news. By the end of the week, a weak ridge of higher pressure will start moving in. We'll have progressive drying from Wednesday through Friday into Saturday. And it should allow Western Washington to hit around 60 degrees Fahrenheit on Saturday. Wow before another trough starts moving in from the Pacific, and that'll bring back cooler and showery conditions on on Sunday, and particularly into Monday and Tuesday. Now, eastern Washington should be dry this week, uh, maybe a 15 to 20% chance of showers, with highs in the Tri-Cities, like at Pasco, um, getting into the mid-60s, maybe even upper 60s. However, it'll be cooler towards the Cascades. So a frost threat will remain from Yakima to to Wenatchee early this week. So growers should be ready for potential frost. Um, There is no doubt that April 2023 will come in as one of the coldest on record after a very, very cold March. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Where can you get the best forecasts? This is an interesting and perhaps a sensitive question that I am often asked. People want to know where can you get the most skillful prediction of the weather? The default prediction from your smartphone, most smartphones can give you the forecast, Uh, from the National Weather Service website. How about specialized weather apps like weather.com or AccuWeather? How about your TV weather forecaster or the newspaper? This question is going to be addressed in this podcast. Now, let's make it clear. Most forecasts make use of the same raw materials. There are huge amounts of weather data from weather satellites, 
surface observations, weather radars, balloon launch radiosons, buoys, and much, much more. And there are a large number of numerical weather prediction models run by the U.S. and other governments. And in addition, private sector firms run their own models. And just to remind you what I mean by a model, models take observations that describe the atmosphere and they use equations to predict how the atmosphere will change over time. That's what we mean by a model. But using these common sources of information, the observation, the models, various groups produce forecasts that can be very, very different. How can that be? And there is something else that separates the weather forecast providers. Some keep humans in the loop. And examples of that include the National Weather Service and TV weather broadcasts, where a human being looks at forecasts, interprets them, and gives you their prediction. While other forecasts are completely automated, such as the forecasts you can view, view on your phone or on the web, do humans help? The answer may, in fact, surprise you. There is a private sector firm called ForecastAdvisor.com, which evaluates forecasts from many sources. And a sample of their output for their valuation for Seattle for, the recent, for a recent period is found on my blog, so you can refer to that. If you look at this Forecast Advisor evaluation, Weather Underground and Weather.com forecasts are the best. Now, it turns out that both of these forecasts are provided by the same company using the same methods, and they're completely automated. AccuWeather is right behind, and yes, its predictions are automated as well. In contrast, the national weather forecasts are less skillful, and these include human intervention. So the question you are asking me is why are the automated forecasts more skillful than the weather service forecasts. The reason is that the private sector firms use very sophisticated, more sophisticated than the weather service, they use very sophisticated statistical post-processing of the model forecasts, and they do that with lots of observations. Now, private sector firms start with a lot of forecast models, in fact, more than the weather service from all over the place, and then they combine them statistically based on their past performance. And they do this using more models and with more sophistication than the National Weather Service. You can find what are the biases in the models. Some models are better in this situation or that situation. They tend to be too warm, too cold. You can statistically correct a lot of the problems. And you can get a better forecast by combining more forecast models. And the private sector firms do this much better than the weather service does. And several private sector firms today are working on statistical improvement of the forecast using very advanced machine learning uh, methodologies. And I expect major advances from them. Now, it is interesting to note that it is very hard for a human to beat sophisticated objective guidance, you know, models plus statistical plus processing. And only someone with a very deep understanding of local weather, atmospheric sciences, and the strength of, and weaknesses of each model can do better. Now, 
Unfortunately, uh, many National Weather Service offices are understaffed today. Um, and they've had a lot of turnover and there's less experienced forecasters that are on duty. And forecasters at the Weather Service generally lack sufficient time to create state of science forecasts. And as a result of this, their forecasts lag the objective forecasts. And unfortunately, recently here in the Northwest, National Weather Service forecasts have not done well on some critical forecast situations, such as the freezing rain event in Seattle last fall or the February snowfall in Portland. Now, TV weathercasters generally don't provide a better forecast than the apps, but there are some exceptions. You've got to keep in mind that about half the TV weathercaster folks don't even have a bachelor's degree in atmospheric sciences, and very few have graduate degrees. Many have no background in atmospheric sciences and meteorology, or they have a superficial introduction provided by certificate programs such as provided by Mississippi State. It turns out that in general, TV weathercasters generally closely follow the National Weather Service. In fact, several years ago, I had, I had a few of my classes evaluate all the TV weathercasters here in Seattle and compare them to the Weather Service. And it turns out they were indistinguishable statistically, that basically the TV folks tend to follow the Weather Service very closely. Now, I should note, and I have to be very careful to note that there are exceptions to this. There are some very experienced local TV weather folks in our region that add substantial value to the forecast. I'm thinking people like Rich Marriott and Shannon O'Donnell in Seattle, Mark Nelson in Portland. There are a few others. Newspapers provide a particularly poor forecast, and they are generally out of date. The general assignment reporters that deal with weather are generally poorly informed and they have a minimal understanding of weather. Much better to find a different source. The bottom line of all this is that the best weather apps like weather.com, weather underground, AccuWeather. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.